This week on Let's Connect. Just where there's this commonality, we all want to know that we're not in this alone. And we hear a lot of that in the pandemic, right? Hashtag together. Uh, And we go, well, what does that really mean? And so it's those moments, mostly when we're suffering, where we go, I, it's even worse because I feel alone in it. And so can we then extend a kindness Hmm. to someone else? Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Let's Connect is a podcast that interviews people from all walks of life who have inspiring stories to share about who they are and who they're becoming. As a life coach and someone who's genuinely curious about connecting with people, spirituality, mindfulness, and what this world is all about, I'm here to ask powerful questions, share my insights as well, and to really connect on a deep level to help us all grow in awareness of who we really are. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Bonnie Schroeder has spent over 30 years in the health and wellness domain. For 15 of those, she worked in the medical system as a clinician, researcher, and in medical management, which helped her to cultivate a deep curiosity of the healing process, including why some people heal and others don't. Following this curiosity, she traversed five continents and studied with numerous world-class teachers in the areas of healing, stress reduction, mindfulness, personal development, and spiritual evolution. Bonnie continues to greet the human journey with humility, compassion, curiosity, and a genuine awe. She also recognizes the importance of the great sense of humor along the way. She shares her integral approach to life and well-being as she guides others in discovering their own path to healing and happiness. Some of her offerings include the MBSR, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, custom mindfulness and stress reduction programs for private businesses, corporations, and government. She does individual consults, which I can attest to here, in supporting living more consciously with greater meaning and wellness. She does workshops, retreats, speaking engagements, and she does something so special in the area of what she calls energy medicine work. Today on this podcast, I am so excited for you guys to meet my dear spiritual sister. I call her my ginger sister because we both have been blessed with the gift of red hair. Bonnie Schroeder's here, and she is just a wealth of incredible spirit and love and energy and she has so much wisdom to share. I'm really excited about this. Um, I first met Bonnie actually through a mutual friend of mine. Um, We came together, we were working on a retreat experience, and we just hit it off the minute we met. It was incredible. Um, Bonnie has such a pure heart. It's like one of those people, an angel that's walking the planet and drops into your path at the right time. Um, I personally can attest to, I've been to sessions with Bonnie uh, on her massage table, so to speak, where she offers uh, energy medicine work. And it's really hard to put in words exactly what this is, but she has this way of deeply getting into 
the spirit of somebody and really helping them align and find their way. You know, there's very there's a lot of people in the world that are really accomplished um, with the mind. You know, we think of psychologists and counselors and coaches, and you know, other people that are very good at the, working with the unconscious mind, um, hypnotists, people that can really help reprogram new patterns and beliefs. And then there's the spiritual side of this work. You know, we talk about mind, body, and spirit. And I believe that Bonnie works in all three realms and especially integrates the spiritual side. So in our conversation today, I'm hoping she's going to share some of her work and how it, how it plays out in the world. She also has so many incredible tips and nuggets around mindfulness and how to bring more peace and calm into your life. And right now with the holidays happening as I record this, you know, we're right around the, the Christmas holidays and um, all that comes with the new year planning, along with, let's mention too, a pandemic going on. Um, I'm just so excited that Bonnie's here at the perfect time for this divine appointment to really give us some tips and nuggets too about how we can show up more mindful, especially at this time of year. We also are going to do something really unique at the end of the podcast today. We're going to offer you a, a music and mindfulness practice, so you want to listen in for that as well. So I'm not going to take too much time here on the intro, but I do want to remind you guys that I've just launched a brand new online membership community called MyMindfulTribe.com, and I'd highly encourage you to go check it out. I offer group coaching sessions. I have special guests coming in to present workshops, and it's a great way for you as well to meet other people in this community who think alike and who are dreaming and imagining amazing things. Um, it's just a really great place to be. So go check that out, MyMindfulTribe.com. And I uh, also wanted to let you know about the new mindfulness course that I've launched, Making Sense of Mindfulness. Um, that's out now as well, along with a free workshop on stress and anxiety and how to deal with that. You can find that at my website as well, keithmcpherson.ca. Okay, so on to the conversation at hand with my ginger sister. Brace yourself, buckle your seatbelt, and get ready for a mind, body, and also that etherical spirit experience here. Please meet the beautiful angel, the wonderful energy worker, my sister, Bonnie Schroeder. My ginger sister, Bonnie, is here. Welcome to the podcast, Bonnie. Thank you. It's so great to be back. Thank you for the invite. It's beautiful to see your face. You too. I love you that we get to vibe? do audio and video. It's just great. <laughs> I know. In uh, certainly this uh, this world of tech, it's giving my my brain an, uh, a good stretch. Yeah, me too. I'm so curious what this time has been like for you. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic as we're recording this. Yeah. What's it been like for you in in this time? Yeah. Um, well, it's like one of these. Okay, wake up, take a breath, and begin again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, And so just feel your feet on the ground and all of that. And so I have moments, I'm a real introvert. And so I have in the beginning of the pandemic, it was, all right, okay, wow, less, uh, less um, sort of out there in the world. And as a uh, someone who's pretty energetically sensitive to everything going on. I, you know, I, I like my little tree house where I can just have a little cocoon here um, and not feel obligated to do anything outside of it. And then went, okay, even I now, so we're on month 
whatever we are now. And even I'm going, okay, not even a beach, not even. <laughs> <laughs> How long am I going to be in this treehouse now? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's, so even it's for been... the introverts, we're going, okay, I need to, I need to reach out and touch someone. Yeah. And so I've been, you know, supporting my dad and a dear friend and things like that anyways. But, but this socializing, we are hardwired for connection, we humans. And so just feeling that, and I was really surprised again, as an introvert that who last week I was going, okay, I'm starting to feel a little punchy here. Um, yeah. How do I, and so then I go into nature and I, you know, do increase my practices and smell the fresh air and, you know, Zoom yeah. or, or FaceTime with someone or WhatsApp with someone or connect with people around the world around, you know, friends that are living in Europe or whatever, you know, my family all over the place, um, the family of my heart. So, and people like you, like, I'm so delighted that we connect uh, periodically and, and just go, okay, how you doing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, it has been interesting. You know, I traveled so much before the pandemic and when that all just stopped at first, I I was, my first instinct was like, great. Just like you, like vacation, I'm going to hide out in my little cabin in the woods, which I did. And then, um, I came back to realize, wow, this is actually real. Like there's a pandemic going on. And so it was, what, as you would call it, kind of gritty. Like it was just, it was challenging. But then um, somewhere along the way, I realized that I kind of lost a bit of the inkling to travel and I've been really enjoying the downtime. Um, I, I was saying actually last, I think it was last week on the podcast, just this downtime has given me so much more time with my wife and more time just to to be like evenings and weekends off it's not in a hotel room wondering what i'm going to eat so it's been pretty beautiful honestly so grateful to uh for it but i i can say it's been both like gritty and beautiful it's like a beautiful grit so far yeah, yeah. and i don't know about you but well i know you live close to a forest but that has been sort of the saving grace in all of it and just staying connected with the earth rather than sort of feeling um impacted by the gravity in a negative way it's actually we're drawing up from the earth rather than feeling the gravity pulling us down right right um, yeah which is a constant practice honestly yeah i'm just curious like for I know there's a lot of people tuning in that aren't familiar yet with your work and your incredible energy and wisdom. Uh, this is why I'm so excited you're here because I I rave about you a lot in, in my practices and work. And just for people that are new to the podcast and new to your work, I, I'd love to just have you share a little bit like how you first discovered this practice of mindfulness. I mean, it seems like a real entryway in that you're talking about going for nature walks and all these strategies now, but how did you first, well, what is mindfulness to you? And how did you first get into this practice? Yeah, well, and mindfulness for me is really incorporates this turning towards ourselves in the world with curiosity and heartfulness. And, and so then there's, I've learned over the years, some practices to cultivate that. And certainly compassion is, at the at the base of all of that where we cultivate compassion through in the practice um and yeah the beauty we're training our mind not to be off in the future or the past so we can actually be here to appreciate the moments that are being presented to us 
all the time. Like I got a random act of love today. Somebody anonymously delivered flowers and I'm going, I want to be here to enjoy them. I want to actually stick my face in those flowers in my day and actually breathe them in, let really savor them. Right. And so rather than you just plant them there and then you carry on your day. Oh, I want to, I just, well, I I'm sort of a flower child in that way. Anyways, I like to, I don't so much anymore with the pandemic going on, but I love to stick my face in the, in the flowers, in the, in, in the stores, you know, and just go in and sniff them up in the grocery store. But part of that is it's the same sort of thing. How do we savor our life? Not just the peaks and the valleys that we're hyper aware of. It's how do I savor the little bits and how that translates then in my experience is that, we just start to savor our entire life increasingly. So we're human. And so we, you know, fall off the tracks and then we bring ourselves back again and okay, take a breath and really appreciate what's right in front. And even though the in front of me feels kind of scary sometimes, okay, mm-hmm. take a breath. Where do I feel it? And so really it's been really about relationshiping. And the first relationship is with myself. I would say mm-hmm. capital S and little S self, you know, the shadowy part that is sometimes a, saboteur as you would say or sometimes uh, afraid or the capital s self that holds us all in such love such love and knows that okay keep breathing keep moving forward here we go Mm -hmm. one step at a time so for me how i even stumbled into that i believe was that i grew up in the country i grew up on a farm and so not only is it about coming together for a united sort of intention. Um, It's also offering kindness to each other and supporting each other. And it's a lot about freedom. I am a big fan of freedom. And so, uh, you know, the big sky of the prairies and feeling the freedom in the space. And, and so growing up on a farm, we had lots of freedom to explore. And so that's just translated into my adult life now. So first I was into um, medical sciences and I was a researcher and a clinician and a manager in, in that dimension. And then that just catapulted me into these deeper curiosities about why people heal. Some people heal, some people don't. Why are some people happy when they have so much and other people who don't seem to have so much are really, or yeah, the other way around, people who don't have so much are not so happy. And the ones who are, are having what seems from the outside world to have a lot, and they're still miserable. And, you know, they're just not happy. And they're just, you know, wishing for something out there. The seeking mind is so active. They're looking for a better moment than this moment and Mm. perceiving that it's found in some person's Instagram highlight reel, you know, and we all go, it's mostly been filtered and they're not showing the behind the scenes that took them to that moment. It's a moment in their time. And we tend to sort of focus and gauge our life on what other people's highlight reels are. So it's, you know, it's just mm. I've stumbled upon the practices and then over time just continued to cultivate them and had amazing teachers along the way. Just I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You're without the teachers. You're leading me into that next question. I, I was so curious about like who were some of the and who are mm-hmm. some of the key teachers in, in your life that have influenced and shaped you into this mm-hmm. space of mindfulness? Because I just I mean, kudos to them too. <laughs> well, 
absolutely kudos to them for being so courageous. And you think of the ancients, um, you know, Ramana Maharshi, and there's a whole, you know, Yogananda, and, and there's so many out there that really paved the way for lots of inquiry, inward inquiry, and into the nature of what is. And, mm -hmm. and then there's some humans that are living now that like, Colin, Indiana, my longtime 25 year long guides on this path. And uh, yeah, just they they know me inside and out, know when to push and when to when to hold. And um, and that never gets old. I'm a lifelong learner. And so to have uh, supports in my life that don't just coddle me, they're they're nudging along the way as well, but they nudge with such, such love. And uh, so to have that trust that, oh, I'll be held regardless of how much I'm flailing in the moment, maybe. Mm. Um, but then people like the Dalai Lama and, you know, he's uh, I part of my, my work. I do lots with stress reduction for sure. That includes mindfulness. And also I work in energy medicine. And, and so it, it, the Dalai Lama has you know, he comes into my, I can hear him chanting still in my ear sometimes after a, a brief encounter I had with him many, you know, 25 years ago in wow. Northern India. And so just these little seeds that get germinated along the way. And I don't know about you, Keith, but I find that, oh, bless some of these teachers and especially the ones that are, they know my life intimately. Certainly I have lots of teachers that I've uh, read out of books or gone to workshops like Ken Wilber and Diane Hamilton and some of these and Craig Hamilton, just really beautiful, beautiful teachers that I've taken courses with, but the ones who really know us and, and yet they just hold us and have been sharing in various ways, the same message. And I just, Oh, bless them because you know that 10 years later and when we go, Oh, that's what they were talking about. <laughs> Oh, that's what they were trying to instill in me and guide me through. And it took me 10 years, but okay. And then you recognize, oh, I just got another piece of what they're offering. I haven't got the whole piece yet. Wow. So collecting these pieces, right? Yeah. It's amazing, Bonnie, because when I think about or imagine you, I didn't know you back in, in the early days of when you were more in sort of the medical system, so to speak. I mean, I've known you more in this beautiful, etherical, kind of open-hearted mindfulness place. I mean, that's how we met. But I'm just curious, like, how did you make that transition from like the science brain kind of and, and I'm not I'm maybe making an assumption, but that sort of science linear thinker into this more like open-hearted like beautiful, just kind of etherical space. Like what was that transition? How did that happen for you? Thank if it, you. If, if I'm making the assumption, let me know. But No, well, your, yeah. your assumption is accurate. And mm -hmm. still, I, I love my science brain. I, yeah. I love it. And what's come on board, what you're speaking to, uh, thank you. That's very kind. Um, but it, what you're pointing to, it sounds like, is that I have a heart for healing and supporting others and finding their way. And so it's sort of done this journey down to here, to, from the head to the heart, where I go, oh, okay. And so it really was. I was in working in management in the medical model, had the opportunity, lots of opportunity for growth there and was on the fast track and in what I thought was possible even for me and young as a manager and sort of, and then just started to have these seeming synchronicities 
that would happen. Mm. I would meet someone and they would say, oh, did you hear about this? Or someone in uh, uh, maybe a patient would say, oh, and I'm exploring this or, you know, all of these things just would fall in. Or I start to hear a song and then I hear it a few other times and it points me in a direction and then I have an insight. So what I chose to do, and I don't necessarily recommend it for everybody to take a sort of a lump, uh, a big jump off a cliff big (laughs) in one lump move. But what I did was I was feeling like this deep call that in the right in my core, that there's something greater, something more for me to explore. And so um, honoring the medical model, and it taught me so much. And then including that as I took a leap off, well, not off the grid entirely, but then I I left that steady career, that stability, and started to travel around the world and explore with um, healers and and other teachers and just, and really opening what I realize now is exploring compassion and um, holding, being able to hold more perspectives than just mine. And can it, can I hold a perspective and mine not be the most right? And so it's, it's opened me to this sort of place where I'm going, where it's landed me right back where I started. Hmm. I have a few more air miles, but it's landed (laughs) me right back where I started. And I realized that it's an inside job. Yeah. How is it that people who seem to have so little, because I really love developing country travel, still do. Uh, how is it that people who seem in the Western world to have so little yet have so much in such a light, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. What an incredible journey. I mean, it reminds me of eat, pray, love for some reason, (laughs) just like jumping into the unknown and just this adventure and your heart cracks open and incredible. It's incredible. I have Uh, eaten my fair fair share of pizza and pasta in Italy for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Just a little bit more gluten-free now. (laughs) Right. Everything's kind of changed on the diet front for, yeah, how how we eat. I'm curious, um, on this other side of the the spectrum now and sort of the more mindful, compassionate place that you operate, and you speak about energy medicine, and I'd love to hear what that is, because a lot of people that I talk to, and I, I share about your work, and I, I try to describe it, and I'm like, I can't completely put words on it. It's just, it's magic to me, what you do. What is energy medicine, and and yeah, tell us a little bit about that practice. Um, well, thank you. I, I You know what, my uh, the greatest gift for me is to hear or to know in some small way, because it's you can live a lifetime and not know that it's been any impact at all, which oh. is totally fine too. It's been and, huge impact, just for the record. I, like Once in a wow. while, it's great to hear that, okay, not only uh, <laughs> are you, you're, you're, you know, you're not just putting in time, you're actually contributing in some way, which is always the hope, right? To someone's well-being. And so thank you for that. And um, for me, there's lots of people playing in in subtle energy now. So what a beautiful gift that is. It's, you know, there's lots of different entry points and different people exploring at different depths and, and, and capacities and really exploring their gifts in lots of ways, which... We need all of that. And Mm -hmm. so everyone, one is not more important than the other. It's just another option for people. So the the nugget, the little um, sort of grain of sand in the big ocean of modalities 
um, that I'm offering is really a foundation in the integral model. So Ken Wilber's integral model, um, which my teachers have had introduced me to. And so in the early days, it really, and I'm so grateful because it offered me a really strong foundation in not only the ethereal world, but the very relative world, like how do we live this life and hold space and understand how we evolve and how is the psychology of, of the evolution again and how does it fit in with everything else? And so this model, this framework, because I'm really visual, and so I would see beneath the surface, which you can imagine was a little disconcerting in the beginning. I thought, okay, am I need to, needing to... to go into lockup somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I had great teachers who, who knew that that sort of territory. So and, when you just for a second, when you say see beneath the surface, what do you mean by that? Just for people, um, some people might be like, what does that mean? Yeah, well, it is. Yeah. Um, so if I'm seeing someone uh, for us in a session, for example, so they're laying on a, on a massage table and all of us who explore in the, the subtle dimensions will have different capacities. Some people hear, some people sense, feel it. Mm. Sometimes the olfactory system and sometimes it's visual. So you look beneath the skin barrier. And so right. for me, yeah, all of those come in at various points when it's important. I never know which is which, but my primary is it's visual. So when someone's laying on the table, it's a bit like Star Wars in there. Um, think sort of Joe Dispenza meets uh, uh, Star Wars. <laughs> so <laughs> Got it. seeing under, underneath the surface of what is. And so I can see the where the incongruence is in the flow of a, a body, a human, wow. and where are the energies stuck and where are they flowing? And is there a pattern underneath that is relating to their life? now that can be supported in a more holistic way perhaps and so then yeah so it's in in that way i'm a visual knower um even though the other pieces come on too sometimes i'll hear a song or a word or smell and and yeah. so all of it it's not it's not something that i i do as a sort of a party favor <laughs> like a, a party I trick got it. Yeah. Uh, but it, if it arises and, and it's just how I experience. And so looking outside, I might see in a different way than you might see or, right. and you'll hear, you have a real <clears throat> inclination for a real skill and gift at music. And so you'll hear in a song, something very differently than I do. And so yeah. for me, it's just more visual. So looking underneath the surface in you know, into the cellular structure and into the physiology and into the fascia and seeing where it's sticky and where it's not flowing. And sometimes it looks like a constellation. Wow. That <laughs> yeah. is just fascinating to me, like how that works. I mean, some people listening to this that might be more in the linear brain will be like, what are we talking about right now? But I can only tell you guys that are listening and watching this, like, a session with Bonnie, like being on your table, just on the receiving side of it, I'll lay there and I close my eyes and I have no idea. I know you move around and there's stuff going on, but I, I sense that it's almost like you're it, from the receiving and it's like you're going into the soul, like into this deeper realm. And then on the other side, when we come out of it, it's like you're a mind reader. Like you, you tell me things that come true and I know I'm not alone because I've talked to other people that have been through the work you offer and they're like, I don't know how Bonnie knows this stuff, but she like predicts my future and knows what's going to happen. And 
you know, I, I just, it's incredible what you do as an, as a healer and as an energy medicine practitioner, like what a gift, Bonnie, honestly, it's, um, and it's tough to put this in words, but I think it's, it's like next level stuff in my brain in terms of <laughs> where do we go from mindfulness, you know, paying attention. It's like, can we see with the eyes underneath the surface and can we begin to hear and, and interact with that spirit part of us that's like eternal, you know, that isn't separate by just this temporary physical body. And your ability to do that is just incredible to me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank You're you. You're welcome. The, yeah. um, in that part of the, what you had said, the, the predicting the future, um, mm. what I'm picking up on is what's occurring right now and what are the potentials given all of the givens what are the potentials? And so then I can see if we continue as it's like if you smoked five packs of cigarettes a day, but yeah. then so I can see where that'll head. It's not yeah. usually what I'm, you know, those are sort of obvious things, but um, sure. the less obvious pieces that you're talking about. Um, and so I'm picking up on that. And then what the difference in that can be that, oh, when you have that information, then you either continue on the path you're on or you choose to make a, a shift. Wow. Right. And so then right. it's much more conscious. Okay. This is what I'm seeing. And so that's, you know, sometimes I share that with people. Sometimes I don't, it depends on why they come. Right. And, I, and again, that comes spontaneously sometime, you know, I, it's not that people come for um, like a, um, psychic reading. That's, that's, that's right. not it. But sometimes these overlays, they, you start to see patterns and and I get a glimpse. So I'll get a picture and I'll see or hear what's happening uh, for them if they continue to choose this pathway. And, and in that too, you never know, like time, time, space, reality, if you go into the quantum field, it's pretty non-existent, that whole time frame we work in. So sometimes it, it happens right away, sometimes it doesn't. But the, what I would say is the primary of what, and most of it, I don't even understand either, but the primary <laughs> of what I'm offering is to really help people to remember the essence of who they are. And so this sacred holding field for people to land in. And so everything. So if they're seeing other practitioners, it helps to integrate that. And I recommend people have a team, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we all offer a unique piece that are, is helpful. And so just this holding field. And then I fine tune to help them integrate that. And so if we have this higher self that I sort of referred to, you can call it whatever you, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so attuning to where are the incongruences in where you're sort of living your life and this greater holding field, and then just fine tuning, sort of bringing some elixir in there and helping to connect those areas of the body that the physiology, it's more subtle, but gross subtle and, and less subtle, uh, of the body mind, where are the incongruence, where is it heavier energy, where is it not like I said, not flowing or not sparking. And so sometimes it's like a jumper cable, right? You're just sort of boosting <laughs> that energy. And, yeah. um, and sometimes it's just create, helping to create bridges through the different parts from the head to the heart or the one cell to the other cell or one DNA piece, wow. to the other DNA piece. But mostly, mostly that's just the fine tuning. Mostly yeah. it's a holding field where people can remember the truth of who they are. Um, yeah. Uh, in a, in a way that is 
um, this compassionate holding field as best as best I can. All practitioners can only hold as as well as they can hold themselves and open and be a conduit, right? Because I'm not doing any healing. I am just the conduit and grateful to be along for the ride. Yeah, really. Totally. Speaking about that, um, cultivating your own practice and opening yourself up to do this work. I'm curious what a day in your life would look like, like especially a day where you're um, going in and and cultivating that self-care and compassion. How does the typical day look or your practice look to make sure that you're staying in that that space of alignment so you can offer this kind of work? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I learned a long time ago that one of the things uh, which might be surprising, one of just in given what we're talking about, but one of the things I do every morning, I make my bed. That's my practice. I make my bed, and it's you know I lay I'm laying in bed. I wake up. I smile, I give thanks for another day to explore what is love through this vessel. And then I get up and make my bed. And it's one thing, and so many people say, okay, people who are feeling meaningful lives, make your bed and it will sort of set you off. You have one thing accomplished in the day. And so it's part of my ritual. I make my bed. And then, um, and then there's the inner practice, right? So I'll sit. I'll have a meditative practice, like a a formal sit. Um, And then throughout the day, weaving as you do as well, uh, these drops of mindfulness, Mm -hmm. right? These drops of being present. And it's not like I'm an enlightened being that is sort of in the ethers and touches down once in a while. (laughs) Sometimes I I question that. Sometimes I question that though, but I think you might be, I'm just saying, but anyway. I am, trust me, I am very human. Um, (laughs) And so, uh, so a formal sit and then, um, and then through in the day sometime uh, to get my nose outside. And I know even, even today I'm going, okay, I need to get out at some point Um, because not every day does it happen that I'm outside and not every day am I in the forest, which is my love affair with nature is in the forest. Um, And so it's really being dedicated and some, like everybody, some days, great. Other days, okay, not so great. Get back on. Mm. And, and so it's this, those are my primary practices. Um, and then flowing through the day in that way. Wow. And then I wait. So I wait at least, you know, 15 minutes or half an hour after my practices. Uh, if, it, if it's a formal sit, then I'll sit usually for 24 minutes, half an hour. Uh, and, and then after that, then I'll check my email or check my texts or see, okay, what am I doing today? Am I with clients? Am I recording? What's happening today? So just, I keep it really, really simple. And, and like I said, throughout the day is as important as the bookmarks, right? Yeah. The formal Uh, practice. yeah, Yeah. Winding down at night and taking a breath and appreciating, letting, you know, letting gratitude every night before I go to bed, I stand in front of my window. I have big windows along one end. You can see some of them. And I, uh, I do my, my gratitude to this incredible universe that has offered me the gifts. And so the gratitude Mm -hmm. practice is where you offer the gratitude and then you actually feel it. And you, you ask yourself, why am I grateful for this? 
And so then it takes me inside, right? Why? So why is it so inspiring? Thank you for this particular client that opened my eyes around something or that came that just inspired me in some way. And so why, why does that matter? Why is that a big deal? And so then it takes me inward even further. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. I'm listening to you speak about this. And I mean, it, it really requires discipline and it requires, it's almost like a lifestyle to really integrate all of this into your day and your practice and how you're being while you're doing. For people that are in different phases of their life or they haven't signed up to be, you know, a medicine energy healer, so to speak, or, you know, a mindfulness practitioner and teacher, you know, I'm thinking about uh, a mom or a parent, so to speak, that's got like three or four kids on the go and they've got to get to school and they're working nine to five and like to cram out time just to just to take one breath is like really challenging. What would you say to those people listening that, you know, they want more of this, but they just, I mean, it, they, it's so challenging with the their schedules. Yeah. Well, yeah. so many people and wow. Uh, just a deep bow to all the parents out there, especially during a pandemic. Oh, totally. I, yeah. Um, and so my response to them always is don't add anything new, incorporate the practice into what you're already doing. Parenting is your spiritual practice. It's your wow. spiritual practice. So can you be with your children? Can you be with them? Even though you have a million things that you need to get done in a day, when they come up to you, can you be with them? Or when you are playing with them, can you just be with them? Even if it's set a timer for 10 minutes and I'm sorry, my love, but this is the time that I have. Um, and then you go start cooking dinner. Mm. And so that you got a timer on, you can let go of keeping an eye on the clock. You got to go and okay, maybe longer than 10 minutes if you can, but you squeak it in wherever you can, right? Yeah. And if it if the bathroom is the only place they probably have kids knocking on the door, but or the shower or wherever it is. Let that yeah. be your mindfulness practice. You know, exhale. Yeah. Are your shoulders up here? Just exhale right here. Or you're standing at the Costco lineup. Ah, barely. <laughs> How often barely. is that these days? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, I was. Oh, I have a story <laughs> that just. Oh, my heart went out to parents so much. And this was when the pandemic first came, sort of hit, and. There was about a quarter of a mile people standing outside and in where we are in Canada, it was really cold back in March. And yeah. so people are there and I, I wasn't prepared. I, I thought, okay, I'll just walk in naive. <laughs> or I'm in a lineup and I'm going, okay, how long is this? And so we were there for a long time and finally got in and people are like mice, right? <laughs> Scattered, get in the carts. And so I just was in, in a zone and that I'm not, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm human. I'm not always, but, and Costco and Ikea, bless them for what they offer, but they're too big for me. Yeah, um, they're huge. And my, my, yeah, it's just too much. Um, and so I was in, in Costco and you're getting directed to the front, right? And this woman has two kids in the cart. A cart overflowing. One kid thinks that that's pretty, that's pretty fun because they can play in all of this stuff and stuff's falling out. And she's like a Mario Andretti going, getting, getting into the, the checkout. Right. And she just sort of sweeps by me and this other person. And, and I hear her say, don't you have anywhere you have else you have to be? Don't you? <laughs> I'm going, 
<laughs> All right. And I just went, oh, like, I so feel you. And like, she's long gone. And I'm just going, oh, right. And we're, you know, trying to find our way to the thing. And then I saw it as the greatest compliment because no, right here is where I need to be. Right here. Yeah. Thank you for the compliment. I am being right here. Is right. there no place else you need to be? And I went, yeah, no, right here in the moment, right here, wow. offering you love and appreciating <laughs> all that you're bringing here um, and all that you're doing to nurture your kids and get home and take care of your families. But it was wow. a great compliment. Isn't there any place you need else to you be? should be? No, it's so, right it's so interesting, though, because. I mean, it's very countercultural to be on that sort of more present uh, track where you're not rushing to get somewhere or like, I, I shouldn't, I can't be here right now because I got to be there. I mean, Robert Holden, this coach used to joke about this on the go marketing where we've kind of convinced ourselves as a culture that we've always got to get somewhere. We're always on the go. And he talks about like the shampoo and conditioner bottle. And he's like, somebody one day looked at both in the shower and we're like, I don't have time to do this. I got to do a two in one. And then everything now is like packaged on the go. Like I've got to get somewhere. It's so countercultural. So um, it, what you're talking about, like to, to be present to each moment, even in the moment of I've got to get somewhere, like how do you do that? How do you develop the muscles, like the mental power and the emotional power to, to be okay with just being in the moment? Yeah. To, yeah. Well, to start small, baby uh -huh. steps, yeah. Uh, and turning towards yourself just in these little ways. And again, it's not that 24 seven, then there's an expectation that we're mindful. It's that, can we start to cultivate a practice where we start to have a lot more mindful moments in a day, rather mm. than just the, again, the bookends of a great experience, or a really disheartening experience, you know, and can yeah, yeah. we have these little moments in between? So if you're driving a car, and you're in a stoplight, feel your hands on the on the, the wheel just while you're there. Feel your seat, feel your legs, feel your, feel your body. And this is a little practice that I, I, I do all the time. And so when you're sitting in your car, scoot your bum to the back like you would on your meditation cushion. Do not meditate and drive. <laughs> bring your shoulders over and bring your back even an inch off of the seat. Oh, wow. And what it does is it cultivates that sitting practice, that the core. For those yeah. of you who want to grow abs, then we can help with abs too. <laughs> um, but it really helps you to, to stay more present, I found, to be more mindful of what's going on because you're not lounged back, right, and sort of driving. You're up and yeah. in a dignified position sort of because you're holding yourself there and elongating your spine. And just that one practice can make such a difference. Just lift your body off the seat. And it's, it's not, you're not cranking your seat back so far that it's a lounge chair. You're, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just one click back sure. where you can just then hold yourself there and it keeps you more alert. And what if you turn the radio off? And you just start to listen without a stereo, without more sound. Right. Or if, um, if you're in a grocery store line, what if the practice becomes mm, sharing heart, heartful sort of compassion just from wherever you are for the person who's got a big lineup and is trying to catch up? Mm. and who's taking in all the groceries and bagging your groceries for you and just trying to, you know, get home to their kids or 
his kids or whatever it is, right? Where they're just doing their best and they've had a bad day and they're just trying to get you through so you can get to your family and they're stressed out and maybe not everybody's very happy and <laughs> waiting in a line. And can in those moments, can you pay attention to what's going on outside of ourselves and really find that, cultivate that compassion for another, right? Because so that we look outside of ourselves that, oh, okay, maybe I've focused on this world is really not going well for me today. Okay, it's not going well for them today either. Can I offer compassion? Because I know what that feels like. Wow. And so just where there's this commonality, we all want to know that we're not in this alone. And we hear a lot of that in the pandemic, right? Hashtag together. Uh, and we go, well, what does that really mean? And so it's those moments, mostly when we're suffering, where we go, oh, I, it's even worse because I feel alone in it. And so can we then extend a kindness to someone mm. else? Like these flowers that I got, you know, just a random act of love as you, uh, you know, hashtag love on. Love you on. Are, you have this beautiful story about loving on. And so it's how are all the ways that we love on each other in the world, whether it's anonymously, like nobody knows you're doing that while you're standing in a line or some child is having a temper tantrum and you're just trying to keep your mask on and tend to the child and not disrupt people and and you're embarrassed and feel ashamed and, and you know, just, oh, they are doing the best they can. Just love on them, you know? Oh, it makes a yeah. difference. It makes a difference. We're all energy, atoms and molecules vibrating. And when, when we walk into a room that's full of love, we feel it. When we walk into a room that's full of anger, we feel it, you know? You yeah, are speaking you? What are you doing? my language. Well, what makes sense for you? Well, as I'm listening to you speak about it, I'm just so inspired. I, I love this idea of embodied experience in the present moment. Um, like some of these examples you're pointing to of when you're in line, like just to feel your feet on the ground or to find something in the present moment to appreciate, like you said, like your hands on the steering wheel. Like I love that no matter what we're doing, whether we're rushing to our kids' hockey game to get them there or, you know, we're um, standing in line at the bank, it's like there's every moment gives us the opportunity to be in the experience of it as opposed to thinking about where I could be instead of here. So I just, that's what I'm thinking of as you're talking about this is this reminder to find something in the moment, whether it's just like appreciating a smell in the room or, you know, listening to a sound that brings me back or just really tuning into that place of presence. I mean, that that's really living this practice versus just sitting on the cushion and going, I've done my mindfulness practice, check mark. It's like, it sounds like it can actually integrate into no matter what lifestyle you have, right? So it's so there, inspiring. Absolutely. There are, oh, so many people that are quite proud of their meditation practice. They sit for <laughs> four hours on their cushion and then right? they're jerks off the cushion, you know? And so how yeah. is that useful? Where's the bridge between the sitting practice, cultivating that deeper awareness, and then the lived experience? Can, as you said, can we embody it and just try to be kind to each other and kind to ourselves because when we're kind to ourselves man that ripples out into the world it does kindness right so yeah. uh, all of those pieces make such a difference and just again keeping it these little practices little practices so when you're you know outside feel the the air on your skin mm-hmm
And rather than just quickly jumping to why does my face hurt when with the why does the air bite my face when we're <laughs> I know when will I be done with this Winnipeg winter? <laughs> but it's yeah. but it's in that way too. The shift can be okay. Well, I'm still alive. Here I am, yeah, yeah. Sure. and we don't have to always like it. So the moment, lots of people sort of get caught in mindfulness is about really liking each moment. It's not about love in every moment at all. It's just not trying to push it away and not trying to find a better moment than this moment. This is the place everything happens right here, right now. Hmm. What I'm do we do in? Yeah. What do we do in those moments when it's not the greatest moment and you don't want to be in the moment? How do you, what do you do there? Yeah. Well, you acknowledge that it's tough, right? Uh, there's a practice. It's a pressure point where it's four fingers down. It's either it, one of them is called the, it's the same point, but it's called the, the sea of yin or the sea of tranquility. And just inhale, exhale. I know Kristen Neff reminded me of this, uh, where you inhale and exhale and just, just move it towards your heart. And it just, it helps to, reboot the system into a more calming, relaxed space. So when no one's around and you're having a rough day, just coming on back and knowing this soothing piece that I'm not in this alone. Okay. I can self-soothe. We've learned in our lives, hopefully how to soothe ourselves. Um, And other pieces in that is just recognizing, okay, can I actually, I don't have to live in the full sensation of it. If it's too intense, then we can shift that state through some practice too, like with music or going into nature or whatever. And, but it is really helpful to acknowledge that who my heart is beating a million miles a minute because I am afraid, or my, I feel like I just got a gut punch because that client didn't like me or whatever, or our, our thought that they don't like us. Like I I was saying uh, the other day that, you know, we can conjure these thoughts up and there's research out there that says 85% of what we worry about never comes true. It doesn't even happen. And of that, the 15% that does come true, we actually are far more resilient and have better outcomes than we could have ever imagined. So we spend so much time worrying about the future or longing for the past, longing for some other moment, really, Mm -hmm. that we miss out on what is right in front of us. And so rather than, you know, turning towards ourselves with kindness and going, whoo, that's intense. That's really intense. And just taking one breath even, or three breaths even, when you feel yourself triggered. <clears throat> and then, okay, bring, come back and mm-hmm. begin again, begin again. And just that moment where we take a breath, it sort of helps to shift our, uh, our mm, spiral into some slippery slope and it reboots it's like that stop practice, right? S-T-O-P, where you feel that, whoa, that's intense. Stop, take a breath. Observe, where has it landed in me? What's happening to me right now? What, are the, what, what do I feel? Come to my senses. What does it feel like? Am I, is my heart beating? Is my, are my hands tight? Am I sweating? Um, and then proceed. Just oh, a quick, wow. brief you can see a stop sign in your mind for the visuals. Beautiful. Um, and so just it just gives a little window to help us course correct. Beautiful. Okay. Even in the intensity, 
can I course correct? Can I acknowledge that that's intense? So we're, we're not pretending things aren't happening. Can I acknowledge it's intense? Can I take a breath? and reboot, come back to myself, remind my, in that breath, I'm rebooting my system and reminding my body, mind, and heart that, okay, am I, am I being chased by a tiger right now? Am I, am I going to die in this moment? Or is this just really intense? Okay. And so if we are feeling life-threatened in that moment, okay, in that moment, then we'll do a automatic response and how we get out of that. And that's very appropriate. Wow. Okay. And then when you pause, because a pandemic isn't always healthy for people, right? They might not be totally. in a home that is healthy. And so they're having to take care of their lives or their children's lives. And, and so in those moments, yeah, you, it's not where you take a moment to pause, you act and keep yourself safe and your children safe. Right. And so, but for the rest of us where, our mind is telling us the same sort of trigger or showing us the same sort of trigger that this is life-threatening when actually you just stubbed your toe or something, or your child is having a temper tantrum or whatever it is, the scale is vast. Yeah. And can we, in, in those moments where it's not life-threatening, can we take a breath and just acknowledge that we are so human and suffering in that moment and acknowledging that it doesn't have to be something life-threatening for us to say, yeah, it's intense. It's intense for the person. So, you know, it's intense. And then from that place, we move forward. Wow. Okay. But to, to feel it, to heal it, right? We don't have to live there in the feeling, but just to acknowledge we're experiencing something that's intense here. What do you do for wow. yourself, Keith, when, you're, when you get triggered by something? I just scream and yell and I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sometimes then, I do though. <laughs> and, and then what? What's but, next? What's breathe, the next thing that happens? Breathe, take a deep breath. Um, try to collect myself. Um, wow, when I'm right at the edge, it's like, like I was saying earlier, it's like to try to find something in the present moment to focus on besides my mind that wants to race. So it's like, feel my feet on the ground, take a deep breath, adjust my posture. Um yeah. And just be with, like be with the moment of it just as I'm breathing and wait for it to move through as opposed to trying to run from it or, you know, go. Cr Sometimes I do scream though. Like, I, 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 ah, <laughs> it's crazy. And, and it's all good. And I think also the practice is to just like allow myself to feel what I'm feeling and not feel guilty or shameful or upset or judge it. I think I'm so quick, you know, we're, we're all, I think, so quick to judge <laughs> what we're feeling. So there's that invitation too, is just to, to be with it. And, and my grandpa always used to say, this too shall pass. So like be in it, like experience it. Yeah. The grit, <laughs> the grit. Yeah. And we uh -huh. so often want it to pass faster. <laughs> totally. Oh and yeah. And so just allowing, knowing that at the base of the ocean is joy capital J joy. We all have access to it. So we can be in the grit and still appreciate the beauty of a sunset. We can yeah. be in such grieving, for example, and still laugh when we see a child do something silly that reminds, you know, our heart opens and our hearts are so vast. We have the capacity to hold the full range. And so often we only want the parts that we like. Right. You know? And that tends, it's not always the case. Some people like the, the suffering, but most, well, I don't even know most people, but I'll say for me, 
I, I like the joyful parts. I like the, the big sunsets and the, the flows of grace. And I love those moments. But also, I and also, I, like you're saying, I've, I've just learned over the years that it's okay to be in a funk for a day. To be right. in what I call flatland, to just feel like, well, I, you know, that this has come up before where I go, eh, I don't even know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I need to get a real job or, right. no, I don't think I'm making a difference. And so I can get in my pity party, right? Right. And, and then, you know, you go for a walk in your pity party and next thing you know, <laughs> You're out of your pity party and you go, exactly. I'm totally inspired. And you totally forget that you even thought that and how ridiculous that is. Well, right. Yes, I meant to do this. I know I'm meant to do this or totally. offer, offer this or be this or whatever. You know, we can, we can so get caught in comparing or Instagram's great for that, but get in comparing or, um, or just this wishful thinking that we are something we're not. Yeah. Well, totally. what's your, what's your unique sort of capacities that you're bringing into the world? Your, what we think is sort of freak, freakish qualities or whatever it is. Maybe that's your superhero cape, you know, but maybe that's what really helps you to feel fulfilled and helps the world to really feel supported. And what if it's those strange things that you think are strange, but actually they're really beautiful gifts. Oh. Bring all of that together. What are your superhero qualities? And they're the unique bits that we bring. What are your superhero qualities, Keith? What are the oh unique, my gosh. What are your unique pieces? There's so many. I mean, um, let me just be with that. I think some of the qualities I would bring would be, well, definitely music is one. <laughs> I love singing. Um, I think the ability to to listen, to really listen on many levels. Um I think the unique quality of, and this is more of a recent quality, but to really just be honest with how I'm feeling without faking myself and everybody else out and pretending there's nothing there. It's like the the gift of being completely raw and vulnerable. That's one that's been newer that I'm discovering was there, but it wasn't at one point. Um, yeah. The gift of appreciation. I could go on and on. There's, I think we, we all have gifts. How about you, Bonnie? <laughs> um, back at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, are my qualities um yeah no i now I, i'm getting very shy oh yeah um i i feel that uh empathy i i i hope oh yeah that i'm able to hold someone in a space of compassion or empathy and you know these are all on a good day on a good mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. Um, I think my, I think one of my superhero qualities, the biggest one of all is I'm curious. Oh yeah, totally. I that I am so curious and really deeply interested in humans and how we are and why we are and humans of, you know, of all countries and all spaces and places. I am, you know, that's, what's taken me across the world and around the globe and, and it continues to be, I'm really hardwired for curiosity. So I'm grateful to my parents who, you know, who uh, raised me on a farm with the youngest of five kids. 
Um, so I would say there's a strong survival mode there too, <laughs> sense of survival. I get real resilient when you're, you're the youngest of five and, you know, you sort of fend for yourself for the most bit. I had a, a, a sister who was the, one of the, the pea in my pod at the time who, uh, and still is actually who, you know, we were about the same age, the, the younger kids versus the older kids. Uh, and so just being able to, to explore. And so that would be one of the, my biggest superhero sort of curiosity pieces, curiosity. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of curiosity, because I want to make sure we have time. (laughs) We, I could talk to you like for 24 hours a day and never get tired of it. You have so much amazing wisdom to share. I wanted to um, move us into the final part of what we were planning here. And it's kind of special. What were we planning? (laughs) Well, you had, you had mentioned earlier today when we were talking about this, this practice that you, um, have come up with around for people that, you know, don't necessarily like doing a meditation practice sitting or, you know, having to go through the the plan of a body scan or you were, you had such a creative idea and we were talking about, I'd love for you to explain it. And then we were talking about maybe trying a little bit of that out here on the podcast, if you're up for it. Yeah. Why not? Right. And so one of the things that I I really uh, feel inspired by is, is just connecting, helping to guide people into these, inner spaces, right? And so I so appreciate, you know, after a, a few minutes in this this work, uh, a few minutes, a few decades, who's counting, um, the that not everybody likes to have a formal sit sitting practice, and they find it excruciating to sit still. Maybe they're a, a, a really active person, and they just need to move their body or do something else. Or so there's other practices for, you know, you can do a walking meditation or you can do a sit if you're more inclined in that way. And, and so for people who are more audiophiles, and so it just occurred to me and people may, this may be an old practice that I'm just sort of tapping into that one mind about, but it just occurred to me the other day to, uh, to have a practice where we choose a song Mm -hmm. and then one day we focus on just listening to the words, the lyrics, and just being with the lyrics. And so we might get, you know, our mind will wander into the the melody, or we'll have a a ache in our back, and it will get distracted, or we'll think about dinner tomorrow. But then just gently, that's the moment of mindfulness, when we get distracted, and we notice we've been distracted. That's the moment of mindfulness. And there's that window, like in the stop practice, there's Mm -hmm. that window, where, okay, we have a choice. Do I bring myself back with judgment or with kindness? I would suggest kindness. Bring yourself back, begin again, and just listening, hearing to the the lyrics. And then the next day, just listen to the melody. And then the next day, just feel uh, the sensations of the breath through the body. Just focus on the breath. And then the next day, so it's four days now, the next day, Focus on the sensations in the body. So if it's a sad song, where do you feel sad in your body? How does it show up? Or if you feel happy, if it's a joyful song, where does that, what does that feel like in the body? So, and and then if you really want to, you know, blast your practice open in another way, <laughs> day five, uh, day five is open awareness. So just pay attention. Like you are an open vessel, the the doors and the windows and ceiling is off this vessel and you're just making room and just attuning to what's flowing through. Maybe there's a sound, maybe it's a melody. Maybe you hear some lyrics, 
There's some words. Maybe there's a sensation of the breath. Maybe there's a sensation in the body. Maybe you recognize the breath and you're feeling it. So it's coming to our senses. And so like this choiceless awareness practice, this open meditation practice where you're just sort of like in life, where just make room for it all and being mindful as it washes through. We're not trying to grab it and hold on to the melody. We're just observing it. Yeah. So it's what just a, a way to stay practice. present, right? Yeah. Well, so so can we try it out on the on the podcast? I would love. Would you play? Yeah, I have my guitar here because <laughs> I really would love to do this with you. And, well, uh, and I don't well, I don't uh, I know the the times when we weave music in when you weave music into anytime we connect it, they just leave my heart so open. I love it. Well, yeah. So I'll um I'll play, and you're going to be the facilitator for for this as well okay. right? to get people. Oh, in. everybody! Cool. Should you choose the mission, you guys, all of you, uh, <laughs> come on in. So a deep breath in through the nose, slow breath out through the mouth, and just soften the lower belly. Yeah, just coming in here for this practice, just here right now. Taking a breath, bringing yourself present. And as Keith begins to play, just allowing yourself to focus on the melody, on the sound. And just noticing the sound, feeling it. Imagine there's no heaven It's easy if you try No hell below us Above us only sky Imagine all People sharing all the world. You, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Drifting to the lyrics. I hope someday you'll join us. And the world will live as one Sensing how it lands in your body What what becomes alive in the body Imagine there's no country Isn't hard to do Nothing to kill or die for And no religion too Imagine all the people
But I'm not the only one Make room for it I hope someday you'll join us And the world will live as one Take a breath <laughs> Thank you, my ginger brother. Oh, thank you, beautiful. my ginger sister. <laughs> this Never done year, that before. This year for me has been, I love that you chose that song. This year for me has all, the word imagine floats into my days so often. Whether we're in the grit or the grace, just imagine if we can just live as one here. Imagine if we can actually reconnect with ourselves in a unified way, body, mind, heart, soul. What if? Imagine. Yeah. Imagine I love it. Possible. I love it. The, um, the word imagine, if I slow that word down, I hear two words. It's image in imagine imagine like the the images in our mind and like it's amazing as we're recording this we're about to go into a new year 2021 and it's like what are the images in our mind right now that we're thinking about that we want to see show up in the world right it's like this pure potentiality right now it's so yeah. cool and the the that uh quote that i hear often is if it's not uncomfortable you're not imagining big enough. <laughs> wow. Your yeah. imagination be bigger if it doesn't make you a little bit uncomfortable. Right. If you're not living at the edge, you're only taking up space. <laughs> I've heard that one too. There's so many. Yeah, absolutely. And we are, and let's take up more conscious space, right? Absolutely. Let's, let's take up that space more consciously maybe. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, something I'm imagining, Bonnie, in this new year is that we're going to collaborate and offer some incredible programs and opportunities for people to uh, to have a little bit more of this beautiful ginger love. We, we say ginger, if you're listening, we're both redheaded. And uh, so we have this ginger love affair with each other. <laughs> we, yes, we're like, yeah, we're like siblings from, you know, we don't have the same mother, but we could be siblings. And uh Wow. I was just going to say, um, for people to, to stay in touch with you and to learn even more about your work and just follow the journey that you're on, um, the website's going to be in the show notes, but it's bonnieschroeder.weebly.com. So uh, that'll be there. And uh, you're also on Instagram and Facebook. And I also am so excited about this mindfultribe.com community that's been created and really hoping that um, you'll be able to drop in once in a while too. And we can have some fun collabs in there as well. Absolutely. And isn't that what life is all about, right? We do our individual work. And so you do coaching, I do coaching, you do, you teach in, you know, you offer this incredible work that you're doing uh, in workplaces, and I do too, but we're offering it in a unique way. And I love this bridging when we come together, right? And so right mm -hmm. now is such a, a big time of reminding us how to come together and that it doesn't have to be so hard. We can, you know, be inspired. I know I'm always inspired when I'm around you. So just being inspired through each other, when we come together, not just you and I, but people in general, when yeah. we come together and we are holding space for 
lots of perspectives, lots of viewpoints, um, something and s- something comes together that wouldn't have before. So this generative dialogue, right? That something is generated out of seemingly nothing, just space. And so how beautiful is that? that and so I'm, I'm excited always to collab with you. And so let's see, uh, as they, as I learned in uh, South America, porque no, todo es posible. Why not? Everything is possible. Oh, I love it. What a great way to kick into the new year. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us on Let's Connect this week. And I absolutely love you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, well, the, the love affair is mutual. And I am delighted to have you in my family of my heart. Thank you for the invitation. And thank you to everybody who uh, dared to hang out with us and, and or maybe you stumbled upon here. Oh, I, if even for this one moment you felt less alone, I am delighted. I love it. Thanks, Bonnie. All right, well, that concludes another episode of Let's Connect, and I hope that it's inspired you as much as it has me. Thank you so much for tuning in, and remember to subscribe to both the YouTube channel and the podcast channel, and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Let's Connect.